This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, the future of the GOP in deep blue California. Senior political writer Joe Garofoli joins us. He's the host of the Chronicle's politics podcast, It's All Political. Joe recently spoke with two California Republicans. One of them lost her seat in the assembly. One was elected chair of the GOP in California. We'll hear those conversations with Joe Garofoli right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Here's Joe Garofoli on the Republican Party in California. The Republican Party is a mess in California. They hold no statewide offices. They're a super minority in the legislature, and they have a 20 percentage point registration gap compared to the Democrats. The state's entire Republican House delegation can fit in a minivan. It's a far cry from the years when Orange County was the national cradle of Ronald Reagan Republicanism and California actually elected Republican governors like Pete Wilson. To get a sense of today's California Republican Party, I spoke to Catherine Baker. She's a former East Bay Republican assemblywoman who lost her seat in November. She was the only Republican representing the Bay Area in either the legislature or Congress. Now there are none. She has a perspective on why she lost. She thinks about it a lot and why she wouldn't switch to the Democratic Party, even though she's pro-choice and favors a path to citizenship for undocumented immigrants and leads left on climate change solutions. She says the Republican brand is toxic in California and is hurt by President Trump. Here's my interview with Katherine Baker. I will tell you, losing is just as unpleasant as you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say, and, and first of all, you really have to think, voters have different reasons for voting for someone or voting against them and voting for someone else. So mm -hmm. it's almost disrespectful to say, well, here's why I lost, because there's going to be plenty of folks who had a different reason. Right. So I, I will answer it this way. I can tell you what we heard on the ground um, in, in our race. And remember, this is a plus 14 Democratic district. And when, when I was first elected in 2014... Expl explain that, what that okay, means. Okay, that means um, Democratic registration advantage over Republicans is 14 points. So it's about 40% Democrat, about 26% Republican about 30% independent, uh, not, no, no party otherwise. Right. And so and people typically vote the way they're registered. They do, especially party registration is the greatest indicator of how someone's going to vote mm -hmm. uh, in a partisan race, mm -hmm. at which this is, meaning I've got an R after my name on the ballot and the yep. other person in this case had a D. And so all I can tell you is what feedback we heard on the ground all throughout the election cycle, but particularly from the primary on. And it was two parts. Um, one is pretty classic, what you'll hear in a campaign, which is, oh, Catherine, I heard this about you. 
I heard from this mail I've received or this ad, you're anti-gun, you're, you're anti-women's rights and equality, you're anti-environment. I can't support that. And that's pretty classic. I mean, campaigns will throw out you know, claims. You don't, I don't yep. really whine about that because that's, that's just what you sign up for. Mm -hmm. In this case, the allegations against me were particularly egregious and most editorial boards wrote about them. But that, there was a segment of the population who said, well, I heard this and I don't like that. Because you are pro-choice, you are... Uh, pro-choice, pro-marriage equality, pro-environment, yeah. pro-immigration. Um, and then there's definitely softer on guns than the, than the party line. Yeah, as my uh, F from the NRA will, will show. Yes. But um, So that was, that was a good part of what we heard. I would say 90% of the feedback we received is, I can't vote for you because you're Republican. Wow. And I got that feedback from people who s would say, and there are a variety of different versions of that. One was... I know exactly who you are. I like the job you're doing. I like the work you do, the record. You vote the way I want. But I feel like if I vote for you and you're still Republican, I'm voting for Donald Trump. I'm voting for the national Republicans. I'm voting for all the things that they don't like and see and hear from national Republican Party, and I can't do it. Um, I had others who would just say, you haven't switched parties, so I can't do it. I've had folks who said, I've always voted for you, but I'm having a hard time, and it was the R after my name. Again, I don't want to belittle that there were folks who voted because they said, you know, I didn't like how you voted on something or I prefer the other person. But from what we heard on the ground, that was the vast amount of feedback we received. And I would spend a lot of time visiting with voters just to say, well, here's where I'm at and tell me more. Um, you know, by all rights, having a district that was a plus 14, that's a blue district. It's not even a purple district. Yeah, it used to be very it's, split. It's, and, it used to yeah, be split. Yeah. used to be a... Um, a purple district, but you'll take a registration like mine and you'll see some of the most powerful Democrats in Sacramento with similar registration. Uh, so by all rights, we should have lost by double digits, but um, that's the feedback we heard, is a real rejection of voting for anyone who's Republican, even if you have very high favorables and high name ID. And there's a message for that in the Republican Party. And what, what is that message? That message is you better listen. Um, if, if you have, I, I had, and by all polling and feedback, um, I had bipartisan endorsements on every city council and school board and county board. Um, I had the favorables that were in the mid to high 60s. Name ID was in the high 80s, sometimes 90%. I mean, that's Jerry Brown's name ID mm -hmm. in this district, uh, leading all the way up to election day. And yet folks, as soon as they saw what the party registration was, it would drop off. That message to Republicans is your brand mm -hmm. is toxic in this state. And um, it's why the party has a very faint pulse right now. Why are you a Republican? What, when you <clears throat> when you had that when you had this period of reflection and people yeah. have questioned it, mm -hmm. what do you go back to? Why are you a Republican? Yeah, so there's reasons of principle and there's just straight up reasons of policy. And you know, the principal reasons are I firmly believe that a restrained, limited government that is restrained and disciplined in its spending and what it tries to do and take from its people, um, one that embraces free market principles and a private economy that devolves decision-making to the most local level possible and sees people as individuals worthy of equality instead of as a group always leads to more prosperous, happier people across the board. And I think that's proven. And those are core Republican principles, whether you go to Lincoln, Reagan, whoever. And there's just policy reasons. I believe in the reform of our education system that the Democratic Party has killed at every opportunity they have. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in reforming our pension system and getting our fiscal house in order in, in ways that you generally don't see the Democratic Party supportive of. I'm pleased to see the governor, this governor, 
um, making some strides in that area. Yes. But um, I, I look small strides, but there. I look at um, what my Democratic colleagues, whom I really respect, have owned this state for 20 years. We have a quarter of the country's homeless population. Our education system is <clears throat> underserving teachers and kids, and they've done nothing. Uh, to really structurally change that. And as I say, they've killed every policy that would improve that. Housing. Uh, all of us can talk about the housing crisis, and there's a lot of efforts to throw money at it, but there's been every opportunity to reform the way we build housing and, and what makes it more expensive, more difficult, and the Democratic powers have killed that at every opportunity. So there's reasons of principle, mm -hmm. you know, that I, I, I am, and I still believe the Republican Party maybe not every individual in the party in leadership, but yeah. the Republican Party represents that and still the party most closely aligned with that. And my Democratic uh, uh, colleagues, at least their party, has also um, has many problems itself. Mm -hmm. I think where you find a lot of home for Republicans who are disappointed with where the party's been, particularly the last few years, is in decline to state, not going over to the other side. You know, Brian Mainscheid chose to go to the Democratic right. Party, and that's that's a choice he, he has to make. But... Um, and you've certainly seen that in this district, where there was a much higher registration of Republicans, again, when I was first elected, mm -hmm. uh, that are now, it's a third party in this district. Yes, anyway. and, and larger than the Republican Party statewide. There's so more people a, who are declined to state yeah. any party affiliation. And that, and that was a long monologue answer, but again, there are... You still got it. You still got that politician in Well, there's <laughs> reasons of principle that yeah, are still there. Absolutely. And I will tell you, I'm like so many other Republicans and people who aren't, that the party has strayed far from those principles in the spending right. discipline. Um, you know, again, I've, I've always been a, a pro-choice, uh, pro-marriage equality, pro-environmental regulation, and pro-immigration Republican. You know, listen to Ronald Reagan's speech in his right. farewell address, Shining City on the Hill. Those, to me, are classic Republican principles that need fighting for. With such a poor showing in the midterm elections last November, the GOP was energized this winter in its race for California Republican Party chair. It was a contested race between three candidates with very different backgrounds. Former Assemblyman Travis Allen, longtime conservative activist Steve Frank, and political operative Jessica Milan Patterson. Patterson, a millennial Latina whose grandfather immigrated from Mexico, ended up winning. She's the first woman and first Latina to lead the 140-year-old California Republican Party. Now, she doesn't think the Republican Party should change its stances on climate change or immigration. Instead, she said Republicans need to get out of their bubble and talk to people who don't look like them. In other words, white people. And they need to point out that one in five Californians are living in poverty and housing prices are skyrocketing. And it's the Democrats' fault because they have been in charge for so long. She says, people are not going to re-register as Republicans as long as they think we are one thing. We need to make them feel comfortable and welcomed into our party. And now, here's my conversation with Jessica Milan-Patterson. Jessica Milan-Patterson, welcome to It's All Political. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, we, we know the, the story that, that the numbers tell us about the Republican Party, about uh, nobody holding statewide office, super major minority in the legislature, seven House members out of 53 in California. What would you do to change that slide? I think that our party is certainly at a turning point. And what we really need to focus on is coming together as a party, uniting, not talking about what is or isn't a good Republican, and bringing our fight to the Democrats. 
going into communities that have felt neglected by us over the years. Stop conceding certain communities and really partnering with many people that we already have on the ground and energizing them and bringing our message. Um, the Democrats don't want to talk about their record. Um, what their record has here in California has brought us to 45th when it comes to education, but we're the poverty capital of the country. And I think that if we went out there and we really brought our message into these communities and showed them what the alternative solutions are that the Republicans are offering, then we, we have a fighting chance. And that's what I want to do as the state party chair. Now, when we first met, when you say certain communities, when we first met about, what was it, nine, ten years ago, you were the field director for the Meg Whitman gubernatorial campaign, doing a lot of outreach yeah. into the Latino community. I think you spun me around uh, East, o- East L.A., right? correct? Was that right? That's right. You went to the, we, I brought you by the church that I got married. I yes, think, yes, there. that is that is true. Uh, miraculous medal, and uh, I think we had lunch at Ordonez's. Yes, right yes. Right there on, on Garfield, yeah. Now, but, but support among Latinos has dropped precipitously. Um, was it, and, and this year there's zero Latino Republicans in the state legislature. What would you do different? Does that include any policy changes? Like, should the should the Republican Party of uh, California embrace a pathway to citizenship for uh, undocumented folks? Well, I think that the president has made you know numerous offers on um, different types of comprehensive immigration reform, but I also think that you know. We have done things on the local level here in California. There's a great organization that you're familiar with. I think that day that, you know, we were out mm-hmm. um, driving around East L.A. and I was showing you that new headquarters that we had just opened up, um, Hector Brahas was with us. Mm-hmm. And shortly thereafter, he started an organization called Grow Elect. Mm-hmm. And Grow Elect is an organization that goes and recruits and helps train Latino Republicans all over the state. And, you know, they have some huge successes in some heavy D areas. And we need to find more ways to partner. We need to find more ways to make sure that they have the resources and tools that they need so people know that um, Republican uh, values are the same as Latino values. And embracing um, and engaging within these communities to make sure that that message is heard. But it's not, you wouldn't embrace a, a pathway to citizenship. You don't think the party should do that then for Latinos? I think, I think that largely our elected officials will be working on the policy side mm-hmm. of things. And, you know, we will be working in conjunction with them to get the message out on what the policy of those things are. Yeah. So, and Grow Elect, is, is, as you say, has had a ton of successes. I wrote about them a couple months ago. The challenge with them is that they, I don't believe they've elected anyone, maybe one person, um, They've elected a couple hundred people to local office where you don't have to identify if you're a Republican or Democrat. But once folks have to identify I'm a Republican, then they haven't been they haven't been winning. What what's the disconnect there? What what can you do about that? Right. It's certainly more difficult um, once the R goes behind your name. But that is why we have to work harder in these communities to show that the R isn't something that should change who the person is. Um they are the same person that ran at the local level. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example of that was a few years ago, Dante Acosta mm-hmm. um, was someone who ran at the local level um, and then you know, continued on and went into the state legislature. Um, so we certainly need to work on it more, but we also have to make sure that we are encouraging these candidates at the local level to run 
at the assembly and Senate level. Um, and so building up their profiles, building up their ground game, building up their networks within these communities is incredibly important, and that will lead to more successes um, at the legislative level, I believe. Would you change anything in the way that the party talks about climate change? Was that is that a way to, to reach out and get more independent voters, perhaps? Well, I think that, you know, we all care about the environment. And I think that, you know, maybe the way we go about it might be differently. But the conversation and the talking points, I, I mean, I think that the messaging certainly is important. And it's not just what you say, it's how you say it to people as well. Um, so I think we will be focusing on making sure that our core principles, ideals, and values don't have to change. Maybe the way that we talk about them or the way that we address them do. We'll be an example of that. But what, what the way that's talked about now, what would you like to see change? So I think, um, you know, a good example of that is, you know, the environment. I think we all care about the environment. In fact, in our, our platform, it talks about how much we care about the environment. Um, so, so talking about the environment in a way that isn't, you know, um, denying of science and, and so forth, I think is an important thing to do as we um, reach out to people throughout the state. And um, for several years, you've led an organization called the California Trailblazers. And that's uh, basically you're recruiting and, and training uh, candidates to be, or folks to be candidates for uh, office who are Republicans elected. How would, I wanted to give you a chance to respond to that. What, what would you say to that? So I'm incredibly proud of the work that we've done at California Trailblazers. Um, we have elected new members to the legislature every single cycle, including this last cycle with Assemblyman Tyler Deep and Senator Andreas Borges. The candidates come to our organization as first-time candidates, and um, then they become members of the, uh, the legislature and the caucus, and, you know, they, they move on from there. But every single cycle, we have elected new Trailblazer candidates. Um, we have raised a ton of money. We have bundled a ton of money. And we started because there was a vacuum. Mm -hmm. There was a vacuum for candidates being trained and also the recruitment side of things. And so we went out there and we developed this organization that uh, the donor community has been fully behind from the beginning and continues to be behind uh, because we turn out amazing legislators. We have candidates that have never run for office, some that have run for office on a local level, but never at the legislative level, and even some that have run on the legislative level, like Assemblywoman Pat Bates or Senator, excuse me, she was an Assemblywoman, then a supervisor, and then came into Trailblazers and ran for Senate, um, Senator Scott Wilkes, Senator Ling Ling Chang. Um, so we have candidates that are at all different levels that have benefited from the Trailblazers program. And um, the vacuum that we have filled over the years, I think people are incredibly grateful for that. And that's why they continue to contribute to an organization like Trailblazers, because of the good work that we do. And I stand by it. And uh, where are you on the President Trump? Uh, you voted for him. Um, yeah. uh, but he's, of course, wildly unpopular with most uh, Californians. Two-thirds of Californians disapprove of the job he's doing. What, what should the party do about uh, President Trump? Do they speak out more against him? Uh, do they, they laud him for the good job he's doing? How do, you, how do you deal with that? I don't spend a lot of time um, speaking poorly of other Republicans. Mm -hmm. 
um, just because I think that there's so much that we can focus on here in California with when it comes to the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, you know, a, a portion of the chairman's job and of the party's job where, you know, we take a delegation to the national convention mm-hmm. and, you know, we will certainly be working towards that. We're going to be talking about the things that matter to Californians, the things that are affecting them day to day. I understand that the Democrats want to talk about President Trump and whatever the 3 a.m. tweet was. Um, the fact of the matter is <laughs> they need to talk about their record. Mm-hmm. They need to talk about why we're 45th when it comes to education, but we're the capital of poverty in this country. Mm-hmm. They need to be talking about that. They need to be answering that. And it's going to be my job to take them to task on it. Okay. Jessica, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Patterson will likely be measured by whether she can boost registration and whether Republicans can win back some more seats. Anywhere. And as for Baker, she's still contemplating her next move in a state where less than a third of the voters approve of President Trump. It's hard to imagine that 2020 will go any better for Republicans than 2018. Not in California. Not as long as the party holds the same policies. And the future will remain bleak until the party becomes more diverse. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Joe Garofoli, for your reporting. And thanks to Libby Coleman for producing this episode. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.